What's up, what's up, everybody? It's your boy State of the State of New York Nick Podcast, episode 142. I appreciate everybody who's been tuning in. I appreciate everybody who stayed with me from day one. When I first started this podcast, um, it was 2018. We just drafted Kevin Knox. We just hired David Fisdale. And I thought we was on to something special. And for the next two years, you know, it, it's been a it's been a roller coaster ride, man. Especially when we hired David Fisdale in the first place. I thought David Fisdale was going to be a great coach. Um, he was actually a horrible coach, um, and that's crazy to see now what Thibodeau is doing with basically almost the same roster as Fisdale had. So salute to Leon Rose. Salute to James Dolan for hiring Leon Rose. I appreciate that. And salute the people who was recording pods at that time. Because it was tough, bro. It was tough. And what I mean by tough is, imagine you losing every single game. And you're getting smacked most nights. And you got to record a pod. And on your pod, you got to make up excuses each night as to why your team lost. Or you have to make up uh, 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 stuff in your mind to, to, to feed these people in order for you to not sound sad all the time or not sound miserable. This is why the media gets at us Nick fans now, because we're so happy about the process we are in right now, and we're being arrogant, and rightfully so. The last time I've seen my Knicks in the playoffs was eight years ago. The last time the Knicks was on a sustainable playoff run, when I say sustainable, I am talking about multiple years of winning, was back in the 90s. So it's been tough. It's been rough, but we here. I'm outside right now. I'm on 123rd and Lenox Avenue walking. So that's why you can hear the wind in the background. But it's cool. I like my podcast like that. I like to feel authentic. I like to feel like I'm at the barbershop and I'm just asking questions. So I, I love that feeling. So I appreciate everybody tuning in once again, man. I'm going to holler at y'all. Your boy State. Got my guy Pat in the building. Let's go. Tune in, man. Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, State of the State of the New York Knicks podcast, episode 142. And I got my guy, Pat, from the Knicks wall. How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. I'm I'm enjoying being a Knicks fan. How you doing? I'm good. And thank God I can hear you now. All right. Perfect. <laughs> we good? My. I'm so I'm so happy, by the way, the Knicks are in the fourth seed. But how you feeling, bro? The last time I spoke to you, I believe we was under 500, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think think it was after the All-Star break when they kind of came out a little flat to start the second half. Yes. Um, I think that was the last time we talked. So we were kind of a little nervous there for a sec, but they got it together. And, yo... They proceed to win nine. Sh- we go. We win twelve yeah. of thirteen games, and it's like, what the hell are we watching? Like, what what are we watching? <laughs> let me let, let me. I I gotta ask you honestly, um, because you know you see me post post my madness, but at the same people like you, yeah. I write articles and I read these articles. I really want to know your opinion. 
Like, what's going on right now? Like, you know, the past eight years, this is the first time we've been in the playoffs. And the last time the Knicks been in the playoffs, I was 24 years old. <laughs> so, <laughs> so please explain, bro, how you feeling right now, please. I, I mean, I almost don't know how to feel. Last time I, last time Knicks were in the playoffs, I was, I wasn't even in high school. So, <laughs> like, I don't, I, I'm 24 right now. So, um, mm. but yeah, it's like, I, and people keep saying like, oh, if they don't win a play, I saw today people were saying if they don't win a playoff series, is this a disappointment? Like, they were projected to win 22 games. I'm I'm soaking up every every win. Every everything is better than expected right now. There's no expectations. It's just pure pure joy. I feel like, and I I don't think no matter what happens the rest of the season, this season was a success no matter what. And this season was far beyond my expectations. You know, I was one of those people who wanted the lottery. I cannot lie to you. Um, I was yeah, me at the too. <laughs> I was looking at the roster and I'm like, Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, uh, Randall just came off a bad season. I ain't really like his season. Uh, but then now you got 38 wins and it's like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> How did this happen? But um, to start off, you know, let's talk about Derrick Rose, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I think around the time that we spoke, Derrick Rose was – I think he was injured. I don't think he was playing at the time. Um, how's he been playing to you? And I want to know, did he save our season, him and Taj Gibson? Because over the last, you know, 0.5 games, you know, Derrick Rose has been a plus 47. As per usual, Alfred Payton is is a minus 46. That's, that is a 93-point <laughs> swing. In four <laughs> games, and it's like, what the hell? But I can understand why Thibodeau is doing it. But how do you feel about Derrick Rose? Like, is he's is he one of the pieces that saved our season? And going into this offseason, is he one of the first people that you call back? I think so. I think it was definitely the trade of the year in the NBA, uh, considering what they got him for, and other than just I think one of the biggest things is how well Obi plays with him and yeah. because Obi's starting to play much better it's they're able to give Randall more of a rest than they were usually able to so the fact that Obi can come in now with Rose and get those quality minutes I think makes such a huge difference and I mean I remember at first last time we were talking we were kind of concerned that Rose might be taking some of Quickly's minutes. Um, but, but nah, it now... wasn't you. It was me. It was yeah. me. Let's be honest. Let's yeah. be honest. That's true. That's true. <laughs> go go but Now, I mean, and they now they play together. And qui- I, I think Quickly plays so well off the ball with Rose. Um, them being on the second unit together. Um, I think just the ball movement with that second unit is so much like, because Randall's not on the floor out there with them. So a lot of times with the starters out there, there's not a ton of ball movement, but that's because you've got like pure scorers and Randall and RJ. But I think that second unit Rose really helps facilitate like so much more ball movement and he gets quickly and OB and those guys involved. And it, it's so huge for our start for our starters that they can get that, uh, 
get that time on the bench when they're out there. Bro, I love Derrick Rose, and he leads New York in total plus minus with plus 206 right now, and that's very amazing for a guy who's 32 years old right now, bro. Yeah. Um, I believe when he was an MVP, you said that you was about 24. So when he was an MVP, yeah. I believe Pokemon Blue version like like it was that long ago like no not even pokemon blue version pokemon silver version like one of those (laughs) it was that long ago like when derrick rose was mvp like 2011 um derrick rose was such an amazing player bro like his prime it it, he was like he could have been a top five point guard of all time bro honestly like that mvp season was crazy Crazy, bro. Like, do you got any players that, you know, you, because of injury, you know, I know it's going, but you, you you don't got any players you got like that in NBA history? For me, like, it's Tracy McGrady. Grant yeah, Hill, I was, I was going to say T-Mac. Uh, Penny. Penny, I guess, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Those are the, those are the two most notable. Those three, Penny. T-Mac and D-Rose are all, like, whenever you see that on Twitter, like, who's one person who you wish could have a perfectly healthy career? And those are the first three that come to mind every time. And, you know, for us to have Derrick Rose right now is just so beautiful, you know. And Obi Toppin, I want you to talk some optimism to me, you know. (laughs) Because Derrick Rose is playing very well, right? And Obi Toppin... He's playing well, but he's 23. He's the eighth overall pick in the NBA draft, and he has not scored 20 points yet this season. Do you have an and on top of the on top of the fact that he doesn't have a knack for rebounding and he's not really good defending in space, but he he's a good like one-on-one defender. I don't know yeah. about him in space. But he he stays in front of his man. He doesn't get beat often. He's a good team. I think he's a good team defender. I wouldn't say he's a great one-on-one defender yet, but he plays well in Tibbs' uh, scheme, I think, and, like, set defensive possessions. Well, you know, when t- in Tibbs' defensive, you know, schemes, he likes the ice, and usually Obi drops back. I think that's yeah. the why I'm thinking, like, he – he plays one-on-one well just because of the scheme. But, yeah, you're right. It's team defense. It's communication. But Obi Toppin is just – please tell me what do you want to see from this man um, moving forward and into the playoffs if Tibbs do play him? Well, I think I think he's starting to get more confidence. You can kind of see, um, like in that Clippers game yesterday, he's not – He's not thinking before he shoots like he was in the past. He's kind of shooting a lot quicker from three. But, his, like, three-point shooting still isn't his game. Like, he's got to get out in space, and he moves well in transition. Um, and so, I mean, the Knicks have the slowest pace in the league. So there aren't a ton of opportunities where Obi's like, sp- spreading the floor, like, getting out and running, I think, as much as he wants to. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know. I'm I'm still not worried. I think give him an off season, and you're gonna see him figuring out how to translate his strengths a lot more into his sophomore year. 
Um, I'm, I'm not worried. I think what we're seeing right now is extremely promising. And like I said before, any, any quality minutes that he can provide off the bench does wonders for, uh, for Randall because he was the amount of minutes Randall's racking up is hopefully that doesn't, uh, that doesn't wear on him come playoff time. Bro, I'm, you know, I'm not worried about Julius Randall, bro. Remember when Chris Stapps Porzingis said he was tired and we was about, I think he was like 21, 22. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm good with Randall, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not worried. Just if, in a seven game series, if, I think it, it's good to have uh, quality minutes from OB to give Randall a breather when he needs it. Now, considering OB is just one of our 20, 20 draft picks. We have Emmanuel quickly, who's currently hurt. Um, do you miss quickly? <laughs> first, yes. First question. <laughs> yes. I miss his instant offense off the bench. He is whenever that first unit is there there were a couple games when that first unit was dragging. And when quickly mm-hmm. comes in off the bench and just can provide some instant offense from three or his his drives and his floaters, like it. He always seems to get the most timely buckets when they need him. So I think I think they've definitely – they missed him yesterday. There were a couple times where I was saying, damn, it would be nice to have quickly right now. But luckily they still found a way to win. But, yeah, I mean, I saw he's still questionable for tomorrow. I think I, I think doubtful, actually. But, um, they, yeah, they, they definitely need him uh, for the playoffs especially. Now, quickly is shooting 39.7% from three, despite taking 10% less of his threes from the corner. So he's making a lot of threes, and a lot of those threes is unassisted. Oh, I yeah. know you've seen that picture from the corner three. I know um, a lot of Nick fans, we usually follow these guys. And quickly is one of the guys, in the, and he's shooting 41%. <laughs> or yeah, like this is amazing. Like how yeah. quickly it, it is one of these guys who's, you know, he's a point guard. He's a gunner. I'm used to Frank Nilakina. Now Frank Nilakina, <laughs> this guy overpasses quickly. Doesn't pass enough. Yeah. Well, quickly some of those. I know you were talking about the corner, but some mm. of those threes he hit on the on the big win streak, like from the logo. Those were crazy, and like if he if he can hit those like that that's like that's like Steph Curry, Damian Lillard range. So it's it's very nice that the Knicks have a guy in that in that range who can really shoot from anywhere. Um, I'm not. There are times when he puts those up with like 15 seconds on the shot clock, and I'm kind of like, what are we doing here? But he is a rookie, and I get I get why you might say that he should pass a little more, but. I think I think the he's just a rookie, and I think we should just be happy that we have someone who can pull up from anywhere. Bro, I don't even. To be honest, I don't even care about the, you know, I don't I don't want to say selfishness, but I know that's the that. Thibodeau asks him to do. He asks him to score, so he doesn't look to pass. That's his role. So I'm not gonna be too mad about it no more. But yeah. he's a winning player. And he's the best net. He has the best net rating among all rookies at six point six. So the closest is Xavier Tillman 
at 3.2 and it's Peyton Pritchard at 1.8 and so forth and so on. But this kid is going to be really good. What he has to do, I think, and I want you to talk about this as well, is shot, shot selection, right? Yeah. So I'm looking at a graph and, you know, this graph has Steph Curry, rookie, rookie shot chart. And, you know, it's green in a lot of the same areas. But in Steph Curry areas, the noticeable difference is at the rim. And, you know, we both know that quickly takes a lot of floaters. We both know this. And what would you like to see him do as far as tweaking his game? Like, you want him to add a mid-range game? What would you like him to do? Start going all the way to the rim? Look to the yeah, corner? Yeah, so more? I... I think, uh, I, I mean, we all love the floater just because it's become, that's become his signature, his signature move. But I think if he can get to a point where rather than going up with that as a floater, if he can, if he can stop and pull it from mid range there, um, I think that adds a whole no- I mean, and he can definitely make that shot. We know he can shoot. So it's just a matter of him becoming a pull up shooter like that from mid range, which I think he can definitely do. Um, and I think we see him do it a good amount when he when he drives from the wing and he makes that baseline pass. He doesn't do it a ton when he makes that baseline pass to someone in the corner for three um, mm-hmm. because they're respecting that floater so much that a lot of times that pass is open. So I think like shouldn't be he should obviously be looking to score. He's a scorer, but when that's there and that pass is there, I think if he makes that more frequently, it, the makes the ball movement that much better for everyone. But so, I, I I mean I'm I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I think I think next season just like Obi give give these guys a full off season and they're we're gonna see them uh we might see full different versions of them next year. So you know since April eighth Derek Rose lead the league in bench points and you know, since April 8th, he has 240 bench points. You know, D'Angelo Russell, that's surprising because I wouldn't think D'Angelo Russell would come off the bench for a team, but, you know, yeah. he has 237. Um, do you – what do you see quickly next season? Do you see him starting that point guard? Because for me, I like the quickly Derrick Rose backcourt off the bench with OB. Um, you probably switch Taj Gibson, put in another center there. But what do you see from him? Can he be the starting point guard? Um, what, what, so, you I don't, I don't know if this this might be an unpopular opinion because I know a lot of people want him to be the starting point guard. But I really think, and this might just be because he's played so well with Derrick Rose. But mm-hmm. I think the way we've seen him play off the ball with a guy like D Rose. Um, I don't think next year I'd want to go into the season with him as the starting point guard. Um, I just think he's looked better off ball this season when he's not the when he's not the premier point guard. But I don't know. It all depends. It, it really all depends who he's playing with. Like if they didn't trade, for, if they didn't make that D Rose trade, like it, we'd only still be seeing point guard quickly. So who knows? But. All I know is that this second half of the season, the way he's played off ball with D Rose, I would like to see more of that next season. Like, cause he he really looks like a true shooting guard to me, like a like a Lou Will type, or something like that. So, 
<laughs> it, that's crazy. You know, everybody, a lot of people say that he could be CJ McCullough. Yeah. Uh, and I don't mean that as disrespect. He could be a he could be a starting point guard for sure. I just I've loved what I've seen so much from him this season off the ball that I would like to see it more next year. But who knows? Maybe maybe next year he'll he will be the starter and he'll prove me wrong. But my my opinion is that I like him more off ball. So question. Young point guard, vet wing, vet wing, young point no. I mean, young point guard, vet wing, young wing, vet point guard. What would what do you prefer? I say vet point guard because you want you want the vet being the quarterback of the of the team, making facilitating the offense. You want the guy who's been in the league longer with the experience running running point. I think. Mm-hmm. I asked you that question because when I'm going in, when I'm looking at free agency and I'm looking at the draft. Um, you, bro, I'm not really interested in drafting a young point guard for R.J. Barrett. And I'm yeah. like, well, we might as well just get a vet point guard in free agency. Get a guy like Kyle Lowry. You know, get a guy who could just stay at a ship. Uh, I know it's another stopgap, but this is, this is the type of team that, with the right moves, you got $60 million in cap space, seven first-round picks for the next. With the right moves. Right type of point guard, not a thing. So I that quickly is not ready yet for the starting point guard role. I think that he should come off the bench definitely with Derrick Rose and Obi Toppin next season. Even though I'm a little mm-hmm. disappointed, I'm a, I'm a little disappointed with Obi Toppin, bro. Yeah, I mean, I I I think most fans are disappointed because mm-hmm. just because he was the eighth pick, and but I think. It's much better than what we saw in the first half of the season. So that's uh, that's me trying to be optimistic. But I think uh, I'm not ready to – I'm not ready. Hey, what's up, Nick Nation? This is part two of the pod. And right after Obi, we immediately got into R.J. Barrett. So let's go. Please get into R.J. Barrett, bro. <laughs> yes. So we were talking about R.J. Barrett. And- right. I think, I mean, you can't ask for, you can't ask for a better sophomore season from R.J. Barrett. I mean, the improvements that he made in three-point shooting is pretty unbelievable. Those, some of those threes he was hitting against the Clippers yesterday. I think he was, I think he had four threes. Um, and he's, in some of them, early in the season, he was hitting threes, but they were all, like, a lot of them were corner threes or like, set pass threes where he's getting the open shot but now you're starting to see him hit like step backs or he's just pulling up off the dribble and like if he could start hitting those then it's over because he's looking he's looking like a polished product and I mean some of the finishes he makes at the rim and and I haven't even talked about his defense he's their best wing defender and he yesterday on that thank you Thank, like you, that, thank you. Thank when, you. When uh, when Paul George was coming down, uh, driving down the lane yesterday, I mm-hmm. think it was like a big fourth quarter possession. RJ beat him up, no problem. Yep. Like it, it's so underrated. Him. Yeah, it's yep. so underrated how good he is on defense. I swear. That was the first. 
drafted R. Well, I heard what scouts, but I swear to God, bro. They were saying, you know, RJ, he's a he's a sieve on defense. Uh, he can move his feet well. Uh, he, you know, blah blah blah. You know, the the nerdy garbage, the nerdy nonsense. <laughs> um, RJ Barrett defense was the first thing that attracted me to this kid as a prospect when I first seen him play for the Knicks. I said, yo, his defense is really good. Like, he stays in front of his man. He moves his hips very well. You know, advanced defensive metrics already match. We already – I think he's top three in defensive metrics as far as guards is concerned. Um. He, when he guards guards, they shoot under 40%. When he guards forwards, they shoot about 41%. Sentence, he guards them, they shoot about 40% from from field goal range. So I'm watching him guard Kawhi Leonard, watching him guard Paul George, and we're not even talking about his shooting right now. And since Barrett has shooting percent played with at least at 48 points. Wow. Um, I'm coming, bro, from RJ Barrett as far as his shooting is concerned. Did you? Nope. <laughs> I mean, I saw – I I remember before the season, I was like, man, if he can just get better at his free throws, that will be so big for him because he was <laughs> pretty much – all he was doing was driving. He wasn't shooting a ton of threes. And he's his free throws are way up. I think he's like – 79 80% from the line now after being like pretty low 60s last year and his and his three point shooting it's like a completely different player so i mean it's it's awesome to watch and when he's when he's knocking down threes it makes it opens up so much more for the offense that especially when Julius is drawing doubles like in RJ RJ can be the extra pass and get that open three like if he can hit those on a consistent basis it's it's so helpful for Julius and the rest of the offense. Barrett is making 39.6% on threes, 2.8 attempts unassisted. I mean, 2.8% attempts unassisted. That is – that's good. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. But my main thing about R.J. Barrett, his dribbling stinks um, – he needs more moves. His ISO game stinks. Even though his ISO numbers, his ISO numbers is really good. That that's what that's what's so crazy. His post up numbers is top five in the league as far as post points per hundred possessions. Um, what player can you compare him to? Think about anybody NBA history. What player do you compare RJ Barrett to? Uh, well. It's tough right now. It's like, do I compare him to someone you want him to be, or do you compare him to what he is right now? And I know last time we were on, I said I think he's like a Paul Pierce type, where he's doesn't he doesn't have any like ankle breaking ISO moves, but he can get to the rim whenever he wants, and he can knock down threes, and he plays great defense. So I, that's that's the comparison I've been going with this season, Paul Pierce. Even though I know most Knicks fans hate Paul Pierce and don't want to hear that, but <laughs> that's 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 the comparison that I go with. Yo, Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is a good comparison. Paul Pierce was slow. He wasn't athletic, just like you said. 
<laughs> the, the difference, though, the difference, Popit's handle, as he got older, became excellent for his height. He was about yeah, that's 6'8", true. 230, you know, it, it became very good. So I hope uh, I hope R.J. Barrett could work on that part yeah. on his game, man. I really do, man. He, he's going to be a good player. His rookie season, the sophomore season, it it's a better jump than I've seen from Jason Tatum. A guy like Bradley Bill, it's a better jump than him from rookie season to sophomore season. And RJ Barrett num- numbers is just better. You know, RJ yep. Barrett is he went from 14 points per game to about 18 points per game right now. 43% from the field. To not right now, forty-seven percent from the field. I'm just rounding these numbers off. You know, thirty-two percent from the from three-point range, forty percent from three. That's crazy. the part that's really crazy to me. Like I never expected for RJ Barrett to turn into Clay Thompson this whole season. <laughs> I, I, I this is this is crazy to me, man. And it, that's all he worked on all summer was shooting. So it's good to see that, like he puts the work in and he's seeing tangible results. Like mm-hmm. he, who, who knows what he's going to work on this summer. It's just good to know that like, we've got some, we've got some hard workers that are going to go into each off season and just be trying to get better. I think that that was so important that we saw that from RJ. He heard the noise for sure. Bro. He heard, <laughs> yeah, he heard the noise. They left him on the old rookies team for Terry. Yeah, exactly. PJ Washington. Man, I, I don't know. I, now I got a question. And that point guard, young wing, vet wing, young point guard, for R.J. Barrett, though, who do you prefer next to him moving forward? Like, who who would you want the Knicks to prioritize first and foremost this offseason? Um. So I think, well, first, I think he, first half of the season, we were saying RJ plays so well with quickly at point because quickly is faster, gets out in the break and is an actual threat to score. Um, so I do think, I do think that the point guard for RJ is an athletic uh, playmaker type um, just because RJ is more of a driver or has been more of a driver, even though he's knocking down his threes more, like we said. Um, but in terms of the off season, I don't know if there's one, I mean, I know Knicks fans are kind of on, on and off about Lowry. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to giving Lowry a one year deal, um, and kind of just like show it. And I would maybe give him a multi-year deal if you paired him with someone else. I don't want to get, I don't want to give him a multi-year deal and, you know, because he's getting kind of old. Um, I'd be down to give him a one-year deal just if they were to keep him with this team. But mm-hmm. if you can put him in a multi-year deal and pair him up with someone like Kawhi, then I'd be in for that. Ooh. <laughs> Real quick, you want to know so crazy? I, I started a new My Career Mode of a day in 2K, right? <laughs> and, you know, the first offseason, I'm playing point guard, by the way. First offseason, guess who come to my next? Kawhi Leonard, like that's that's just so crazy. Like this, it's destiny. <laughs> I'm not gonna 
no, I'm used to. I watched yeah. first round picks. James and we didn't. We traded two more. We we traded a bunch to get Carmelo Anthony, and we traded a bunch to try to get Carmelo Anthony help, which was Andreas Bargnani. We know how that went. So, uh, yes. <laughs> I, I, I don't need no more of that. But speaking of uh, free agents, right? we got a guy named Mitchell Robinson. And he hasn't played yeah. in quite a while. And I kind of miss Mitchell Robinson, you know. It'd it be tough sometimes when I watch Taj and I see the bigger centers. It's like, yeah. man. Oh, speak on. Uh, I mean – so yeah, you're right. I mean, Noel and Taj have been great, and I don't think the Knicks are where they are right now without the two of them. Um, they have been they have been huge with Mitch out. Um, but in terms of going forward, I think because with Mitch, I mean, this isn't his first injury. He's he's missed no. a significant amount of time in his career with injuries, um, and. I mean, he seemed to have it figured out this season when he was playing with the foul trouble. Um, but he does have a little bit of history of getting in foul trouble too. So if the if it if it can work with the salary cap and they want to pay him, I think it's worth it to bring back Noel and Mitch. Um, obviously, Mitch is a starter, and we know that Noel is capable after what we've seen from him in this stretch. Um, but that, that's what I would do. I would bring back New Orleans and Mitch next year, and you offer offer Taj the vet minimum or a spot on the coaching staff, even, just because that that connection with him and Thibs is huge. Bro, New Orleans Noel is just the third player in Knicks franchise history to tally four plus steals, five plus blocks, eight plus rebounds in a single game. The other two he is Knicks, a beast, beast, beast. The other two Knicks is Patrick Ewing and Lonnie Shelton. Shelton. Noel is the first to do it while logging 30 less minutes. Yo. Tibbs got That's that crazy. man paid, bro. He got him yeah. paid. Yeah. So this is why I had to ask you about Mitch contract because I'm thinking about the contract and I'm thinking about Mitch and he got – we're going to have to pay him about 10 to $12 million. You know, because he – about to be 23 years old. He's going to want his money. I think he's probably 23 years old right now, matter of fact. He's going to want his money. Um, What would you do with Mitch? I got to put you on the spot. I, I heard people say trade him. I heard people say trade him, bring back Noel. I heard people say let Noel walk, pay Mitch. How do you – what would you pay him? So I was, I was kind of in the boat of – Maybe uh, maybe we don't need Mitch. This was when this was during the winning streak when Noel was playing really well. Um, but then you see you see Noel, and it's not a knock on Noel or Taj, but you see him go up against Aiton from Phoenix. Or I mean, Jokic is the MVP. No one can keep up with him. But I think I think these true elite centers in the NBA, Mitch would do a better job. Um, on defense with them than someone like Taj and uh, the Noel a knock on them. I just think Mitch is more athletic and can hang with these guys. Um, So, but like we said on the last pod, I think of this core, 
group that the Knicks have, the most tradable piece is Mitch. So if, if you were, that's, that's the core of Randall, RJ quickly. Um, I mean, it depends what you think on Obi, but I think, I think if they were to trade him to get some help for Randall and RJ, I, I think he would, he would make the most sense. Wow. Um, it's tough, bro. I got PTSD. I've seen too many Nick draft picks not get resigned. Yeah. Or oh, I've seen draft bust. Um, I, I, I'm going to put this on record. Like, I've come around to the conclusion that Frank Nilakina and Kevin Knox is done. I've come to that conclusion. Um, yeah, me too. It, it's over, you know. Maybe they have better careers on their next teams. I don't know. We could probably re-sign Frank. But when he comes in the game now, it's like, okay, like, if you're not going to be aggressive, then just give me some steals and, and, and play only 10 minutes a game. Because I need people who's going to score. And yeah. it's a different NBA. Now, Kevin Knox, on the other hand, this man, look, he plays like he don't got a brain. <laughs> I don't know. And I, I don't know. Averaging six points, he's 21. The small forward position is not a position that I believe Tibbs will try to groom. He's not a player development guy. The guys that's under him are player developmental guys. He's trying to win games. And if you're trying to win games, you're not playing Kevin Knox. Uh, Frank. I guess he's a free agent, so we'll probably uh, release his cap hold, which is $9 because we know both damn well he's not worth that. And yeah. we're going to let him hit free agency. So what would you do as far as those two is concerned? Because when I think about it now, actually saying it to you, I believe Kevin Knox's cap hold is about $9 million? I think you're right. It's in that it's in that eight nine it's range. In that eight nine range. We're gonna say eight to eleven, just to be a little, you know, so we can yeah. be a little sure. Eight to eleven. Kevin Knox cap ring cap holder is that as well. Both of them together is eighteen million as a cap holder, and that's a lot of money for two guys who don't play in Tibbs' rotation. Yeah. What you think is going to happen there, bro? I don't know. Earlier in this season, I was I was confident in Frank. He had a couple games where he kind of put it together, um, but it's just it's it's his good games are few and far between. He can't he can't seem to put a good streak of games together, um, and I mean he doesn't get a ton of minutes, but I think. I don't. I don't see who he's jumping for minutes, um, and it pains me to say this because I was. I've been a big Frank Nilakina, uh supporter. I've been. I'm, I refuse to get off the bandwagon, but I think. Uh, I think it might be time. Frank's time might be up here in New York. So, um, I hope, and I and I genuinely hope he does well somewhere else. But I just can't see. Uh, I can't see them re-signing him this offseason at that price. Let him go to free agency. And same with Kevin Knox. Um, 
I mean, Knox is, I think Knox might have a little more promise at this point in his career. Uh, maybe he can be reborn somewhere. Um, but I think, I think you let them both walk. So I've been presenting to the table, Kevin Knox from Mo Bamba, you know, send each boy home, send Mo Bamba to New York where he's home, where this is his home. Send Kevin he's Knox. Go ahead. He's put, I was thinking of you. He was putting up numbers. Uh, yep. Mo Bamba. Yep. Yep. He put up 22 and 15 the other night. Yeah. Instantly thought of the start and send the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Instantly. Because we need a guy like that. We need a guy who can hit the three and who can block shots at a fair clip. I feel like Julius Randle plays Thibodeau's scheme well enough to where his is hidden. I don't know. True. It's going to be a But let's talk about Luca Vildoza, one of the top oh, yes. playmaking guards in Europe, has agreed in principle to a four-year, $13.6 million deal to New York. Um, did you look him up? Uh, what do you know about him? How do you feel about him on the team? And also noted that his three years – the Knicks want to see him this summer during the Olympic during the Olympics and yeah you know how you feel about him so I I mean all I saw I watched like a there was like a two minute highlight video that I saw so that's that's the most of what I saw but the way that they worked the way that Leon worked this with the trade the the salary cap floor, um, it was money that they would have had to forfeit if they didn't meet the salary cap minimum. So it puts them over that floor for this season, and it also allows them to get his rights before he would have been open to everyone this summer. Um, so it was kind of a it was a really shrewd move from the front office and promising to see that because I saw. Well, the more I read about it, I was like, wow, this is a really smart move. And and I, I saw Woj and other people were saying, like, he was one of the most coveted players in Europe going into this summer. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I guess we will all be watching the Olymp- Olympics this summer for Luca Vildoza. But if he can uh, if he can replace Alfred Payton, I think that would be a win-win for everyone. Alfred, Alfred, Alfred. Oh, my God. <laughs> The Project Roach just won't never go nowhere. I'm sick of this guy on my team, bro. I'm sick of this guy, man. Oh, yeah. I can't okay. take it. Why do you think he play? Politics. I don't know. What, what, well, what, everyone, what's up with that? I Like ESPN, the ESPN announcers say it. MSG says it. They're like, oh, well, he's out there. He he plays good defense. Like, I don't know if I'm watching a different game or if there's just something that I'm not seeing. But when people always say Alfred Payton plays good defense, I haven't seen it. So <laughs> I don't I don't get that argument. And then there's some plays like I know we were getting our we were getting our asses beat against Denver the other night. But there were plays where he was straight dogging it, like jogging and nice. just like I was like, come on, you're not making it any easier by doing that. Like, 
I don't know. Maybe he maybe the reason that he starts is just because the the bench that that or the burst that that second unit gives is is working really well lately, but I don't know, man. It's it is painful to get off to these slow starts every game because of some of the bonehead passes and shit that he does. So, I don't know. <laughs> I I I don't get it. We've been we've been talking about this all season. I it's like it's like Groundhog Day, but I mean the Knicks are winning and they're in the four seed, so I really can't complain that much. But right. if he finds a way to burn us in the playoffs, I'm going to be really upset. Oh God, I don't want to think about it. All all I'm hoping yeah. for is Thibodeau starting Derrick Rose for the first playoff I game hope. that we have. I hope so. You, um, Julius Randle, by the way who's having one of the best NBA seasons I've ever seen from a player. Well, best jumps I've ever seen from one season to the next, as far as overall impact, um, wins and losses, pressure, you know, where's he playing at? This guy's been amazing, bro. Like, he's been amazing. But it's going to come to a point where contract. Yep. And we're going to have to pay this man. And some people say, well, I would trade him before paying, the, paying him the max. Other people would say, well, try to offer him $25 million. If you offered him $25 million this season, right, Um, next season he could get a max extension up to $37 million. If he makes another all NBA team. Right. Why would his wife allow him to walk away from a hundred plus million dollars next season? Why would he not bet on himself again? Right. So that's, I mean, I'm sure the Nick, I saw that report that it was like, they're going to talk contracts this summer. Um, I don't know if, if I were the Knicks, I would be trying to negotiate and get him signed this summer. I'd pay I'd pay the man this summer if he wants to talk contract. But like you said, if he wants to bet on himself and go for that extra $100 million, I don't see how he passes that up. But I'm in the camp of pay this man, blank check, give him whatever he wants because he wanted to come to New York. He's put the team on his back and you got to reward you got to reward him for that. And it sends a message to the league that Mm-hmm. Then we that's we pay our superstars and we value that we value that. So I don't know. I I think I would give him a blank check after his performance this season. It's been it's been amazing and they would be nowhere near where they are without him. So, so well, Julius Randle. Let let me. Can I play devil's advocate real quick? Yes. Um, I, I, I want you to answer this. Um. He's having a great 60-plus games, right? Understandable, you know, five-plus triple-doubles. The man is shooting 40-plus, 40% from from three. That's amazing. I think that's the most crazy part. Like, he'll take shots this season when I look, and I'm like, Randall, why the hell are you taking that? Ooh, (laughs) you could make that? I I know that in this time. He's top five in the league in mid-range jump shots percentage, you know, shooting mid-range jumpers. Like, his 
game is amazing. It, it's been so amazing. Like, how how do you feel about now? Remember what I asked you. Vet point guard, young wing, young wing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, vet wing, young point guard. It's Randall now for young wing. Now, yeah. that's why I want to. I want to go to play, make a little bit. Bullock. It's an upgrade. upgrade. He doesn't have to be a superstar, but I just, I, I want somebody functional at that spot. So, how, how do you feel about that for Julius Randle? What do you think he needs the most? Because, mind you, our offense go, runs through him. Yeah. I so I I mean Re- the way Reggie has played has been unbelievable um this second half of the season. Reggie Reggie Bullock has been what we wanted Frank Delakina to be. Um he's been the ultimate three and D guy for this team. Um but that said, we've seen what is this year? Is this year two or three of Reggie Bullock as a Nick? I think it's, it's two. Yeah, two. Um, yeah. So we've we've seen uh, we've seen Bullock at his lows. So if this, if I mean, if this is sustainable, I would I would resign Bullock just because when when Randall gets doubled in the low post on that mid range and he can kick it out to Bullock on that quick release, it's become like automatic. So I don't know. I I personally would re-sign him this off season if the price is right. Um, but again, that's who, who it, you hope it's sustainable what he's done in the second half because he's been I, he had like twenty five yesterday. Um, he's been oh, he's been one of the he's been one of the unsung heroes of this season. So I I I do get what you mean. The athletic wing, a young athletic wing with Randall, but you have RJ who's only going to get better at shooting. And I think what you've seen from Bullock this second half, you can't uh, – you can't – I wouldn't let him walk. Just – let me give you – I'm going to give you a – 76ers. They got the young – He's – Tobias Harris. Right. You got Danny Green. Green. You got Dob. That's enough. But that type of combination, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want it to be. Yeah. Bullock. Starting. When he could come off the bench and right. I have somebody that's more functional than him. Right. I could, more of a more of a ball handler. Yeah. I know. I know what you mean. Yeah. I'm I'm just envisioning the playoffs, and Randall he got yeah. the ball. Team's gonna be triple teaming him if Alfred Payton's on the court. I, I, oh God, please Thibodeau, start <laughs> Derrick Rose. Um, I hope so. Please, please, please start Derrick Rose. Is <laughs> is Derrick Rose? Matter of fact, let's go back to Derrick Rose. Um, I know he's talking about some of these, some of these positions on. Is Derrick? So I was I was thinking about that yesterday. I think because he hasn't been a Nick for the full season, 
that that's probably why he's not getting considered for it. I, it sounds like Jordan Clarkson has that locked up in Utah. But um, I think if he was a Nick all year, he would definitely be in the conversation. And <laughs> But he shouldn't even be in the conversation because he should be starting. He should be coming off the bench. <laughs> but that's, <laughs> that's, for another, that's for another conversation. Oh, but I think – I think if he was with the Knicks all year coming off the bench, then he would definitely be in the conversation. But I think because of the trade and he, I think he was starting with the Pistons. So yes. I think because Clarkson's been doing it all year, it sounds like he's got it locked up or, or uh, Inglis, Joe Inglis, Joe Inglis. For the jazz. The, the, I think I was reading that those two are the top guys, but I mean, he's certainly been the sixth man of the year for the Knicks. They wouldn't be where they are without him for sure. I love Joe Inglis game. Love this yeah. game, bro. He he's so basic, slow, but he'll get by you whenever he wants. He'll make the right pass. He can shoot the three. Like it, I love his game. It's just so beautiful. Like, that he, jazz, yeah, that jazz team is scary when they're when they're firing. Yeah, yeah, they they are scary. They, are they look scary. nice. I'm. I don't know. The Western Conference is funny. The Western Conference. You know, you got a lot of lot of teams that's vying for a championship. LeBron and Anthony Davis, both of those two guys, is hurt right now. So it's up in the air. It's up in the air. Who you think? It really is. You know, side real quick. Who you think coming out the West this year? I I think Denver. That's my that's my gut pick. Um, but I think if I think LeBron's supposed to come back. He they said he might play the Knicks tomorrow night. But I like I, I would never I would never bet against LeBron James in the playoffs. Um so I, my my pick is Denver, but if I had to if I had to have a second pick, it would be the Lakers. Hmm. I don't trust the Lakers, man. LeBron thirty six years old, bro. Ah. Yeah, know, that's bro. that's the thing. Like it, you're right. You're definitely right. It's just I can't I can't go on the record betting against LeBron James in the playoffs. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it too many times. No, that's a fact. That's I'm just happy he's not in the East. That's that. LeBron <laughs> is, man. LeBron been nice since 2003 when he came into the league. 2003 TVs. You had the tape recorder, bro. The TV was square. PS2. <laughs> PS2 just came out. <laughs> um, Streets Volume 2 just came out. Oh, man. Oh, man. Brought me back. Good times. Good times. Um, but back to Derrick Rose, man. Back to Derrick Rose. Would you like to see him retire as a Nick? And also, is this his the rest of his career on our team? You know, coming off the bench, you know, giving us great minutes. He could probably play 25-plus minutes here and there, but you always want to preserve him. Is it, it is this the final stop, fam? Um, I I mean, I don't – like, I think he's he's still young, and I don't want to put any limitations on him, but I hope it's his final stop because as long as Thibs – as long as Thibs is the coach of the Knicks, I think D. Rose should be on the team. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why this stint – with the Knicks this year is much better than that 2016 stint when they had him. Um, 
because him and Thibs have all that history. Um, and he's been a much better facilitator now than he was then. Um, and his defense has been – I mean, it hasn't been amazing, but it's been much better than it was back in 2016, and I think that's all credit to Thibs. So I think as long as Thibs is the coach of the Knicks, then Derek Rose should be here. I think after what we've seen from this season, that that is – that's a valid thing to say. Bro, he went AWOL. <laughs> yeah, that shit. That shit wouldn't have happened if Thibs was here. Yeah, that was that was that was Jeff Horn. Jeff Hornacek. Oh, Jeff Hornacek. Trash. Oh, good <laughs> times. Oh, uh, yeah. I would never forget the morning I got up. Um, I'm watching Phil Jackson. Uh, I think it's the Knicks. And then press conference, you know, Phil Jackson he gets on the podium. And he's straight face. I think Carmel will serve us well if he continues elsewhere. And trades him lot on live TV. <laughs> oh, God. That's good times, man. Good times. Derek, I, I appreciate Derek Rose for coming back, bro. Like, that was a bad time. So, uh, Porzingis yeah. towards ACL. It it, oh, it 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 was bad. It was bad. Mm-hmm. And side note, um, before we get into this last thing, and we, me and you talk about our little playoff race. How you feel about the Porzingis trade? Feeling pretty good about it. I mean, so I don't want to. I don't want to say we were right, but. Porzingis can't stay healthy like he he, he's missed he's missed so much time this season and obviously you hate to see guys get hurt but I feel like that's one of the main reasons that the Knicks dumped him when they could because he can't stay healthy and it looks like the Mavs are now I mean who knows what his future is like in Dallas Um, obviously the immediate returns weren't huge for the Knicks but it gave us the ability to sign Randall. Yep. Um, and I've, I've seen that whole chart where you see, like, everything that happened from the Porzingis trade. Like, we wouldn't we wouldn't have quickly if it were for that trade. Facts. Because it, it gave us the ability to trade Marcus Morris for yep. that. So there's so, many, there's so many things that happened because of the Porzingis trade that wouldn't have been able to. Um, that I think, I mean, I'm, I'm a Knicks fan, but. It looks like the Knicks won that trade. I don't know. I don't know what Mavs fans think about that, but Porzingis. I don't know. He's he's made a glass. <laughs> I gotta ask you the question. I act that hard. I got it. I gotta ask you this question. We both know the way Porzingis exited New York was ugly. We both know this. Yes. Would you? Accept him coming back here if he pulled the Dwight Howard. I gotta ask this question. Honestly, I don't think I would. But <laughs> like the real New Yorker, yo. I really don't think I would. Just cause he 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 did not want to be here. He didn't want us when we were at the lowest of our lows, then he doesn't he doesn't deserve to enjoy this with, with Julius and the rest of the boys. That's my that's my take. <laughs> You yeah. can you can stay stay in Dallas and watch watch us on TV. 
yo, it, it's crazy because people, yo, everybody hates Porzingis. <laughs> <laughs> it brings it brings Knicks fans together. <laughs> That's cool, man. <laughs> as far as me, as far as I'm concerned, like I, I don't really care. I I'm still mad at the way he left. His brother is a is an idiot. Yeah. Um, I hope he feel better. He he basically ruined. Um, yeah. He basically went from an all star. People call him MVP level. This that and the third to a skilled big. That's basically what he's where he is right now. And yeah. He can't defend his space. His contract is $150 plus million. And Julius Randle has missed only one game. Yeah. For the New York Knicks. And it's $19 million, The best value contract in the NBA. So facts. Thank you, poor um, and Kip Rock. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the last thing. Um, the playoffs, right? Right. Whew. We the fourth seed. Long time. Who do you want to play I'm in just, the first round? I just, I'll start off by saying I am so happy Go to ahead. even talk in playoffs. I'm so happy that we can even be talking about playoffs with this team. Um, Hold and on, real quick, real quick. In the first, can I tell you, real, real quick. Yes. Can I tell you? Can I tell you what the what the what the convo would have been like years prior? Hold <laughs> <laughs> on, real quick, bro. It, yeah, convo would have went. So you know, who who are you looking at in the lottery at this time? <laughs> you know, how many times you spent the the, the trade machine? But go uh, ahead, bro. Continue talking about the playoffs, bro. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be we'd be ta- we'd be tanking for Cade, and we'd be getting ready to we'd be getting ready to watch that guy who pulls the ping pong balls out on the lottery every year. <laughs> but we're not talking we're not talking about that. Nope, nope, uh, nope. We are talking playoffs, and in the first round, I think I'd say Hawks or Celtics first round. Um, probably prefer the Hawks, but Boston. Jalen Brown is out for the rest of the season, um, as of today. But I still, I still think Boston is pretty, uh, pretty dangerous because Tatum can, Tatum can take a game over, and mm-hmm. he's got postseason, he's got postseason experience, um, and their defense is a little better, better than Atlanta's. Um, I think Atlanta's got a weak defense, which bodes well for the Knicks. Yep, and. I mean, they do have some firepower on offense, but that's why the Knicks have the number one defense. I I trust them in a in a series against Atlanta. All I know is I want I want no part of Miami and Jimmy Butler. That's for sure. Yo, I I don't care who we play. Um, me personally, the more I think about it, the more I want to play Miami. The Miami Heat. And the reason why yeah. I want to play the Miami Heat is because I want RJ – if we lose, I want RJ to get embarrassed. This is what I mean by that. I want RJ – and and even if we win, we're going to have bragging rights. But if we yeah. lose, it's, it might be because Jimmy Butler locks up RJ and Randall get locked up again by 
Because yeah. I believe we lost every game. And it didn't look good, though. I, yeah, I we did. I lie, bro. Like, it, 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 it did not look good. So, yeah. I think RJ would take Miami personally. I think And if he was to lose a series to Miami, I think next season, coming off the Olympics, he'll be even better. Now that the Celtics, yeah. we just learned about this Jalen Brown injury and – He's out for the season. He's going to be out for the playoffs. So that means we could probably beat those them as well. In Atlanta, I'm just – I'm not worried about Atlanta. Um, yeah. It's, oof. it's tough. I would like to play Atlanta first. And in the second round, I think I'll take my chances with the Nets. Yeah, I agree. I think – I. They, they've got the defense to hang with anyone, but I do think the – I mean, the Sixers are the, the one seed for a reason. The Sixers are legit. I don't, I, don't think the, I don't think the Knicks could hang with Philadelphia in a seven-game series, as it pains me to say. I like their chances more against the Nets, and I think they could definitely hang with Milwaukee if they were to meet them too. Um, but the way, the way Philly plays D with Simmons and Embiid, I just – I don't see that going well for the Knicks. No, and I don't want Ben Simmons on R.J. Barrett. Yeah, <laughs> I think I've God. seen enough of that, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Ben Simmons has never lost to the Knicks. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> and I'm tight because it is a fact. <laughs> I've read that goddamn stat my damn self. You know what's crazy? I think we never beat the Philadelphia <laughs> It's so true. I hate when we it's play the Sixers. Huh? <laughs> Go ahead. I just hate when we play the Sixers. It's ter- it's terrible. And, and I love and because I love Embiid. I'm a big Embiid fan. I love watching him. Just not when he's playing the Knicks. <laughs> it, bro, I do not want to play Philly. I just know that. I think we we don't stand a chance against Philly. But yeah, everybody else. The defense that we got, we top three. We first in field goal percentage defense. We first in three-point percentage defense. We're top three in opponent points per game defense. I think we got a lot to hang. We got a lot to open hang with these good teams. Um, that one against the Clippers really, really showed me something about Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. Gave me a lot of confidence in those two going into the playoffs. Yeah. But what doesn't give me calm, and I, I just want, I just want you to take one of this. You know, it's late ten, 10 24. I know you want you probably want to go to sleep or something, <laughs> so I want to get you out of here. But nah, I'm like I'm like I'm like you. I don't I don't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro, sleep. <laughs> Real quick. I, I don't mean it. I don't, I don't mean it the yet, but sleep. But I, I don't know what's your work schedule or nothing like that. But I go to work at three p.m. But I usually go to sleep five p.m. Yeah, usually regular. <laughs> yeah, that that's a regular yeah. day. I'm and I'm up. I'm reading something. Hey, a lot of things. <laughs> so I. I 
But I need to know. <laughs> will Tibbs take Alfred out the starting lineup for the playoffs, bro? I'm I I say no. That that is my oh. that is my gut opinion just because Thibs is uh it's his way it's Thibs way or the highway and this is what he's been doing all season so I can't see him changing it up in the playoffs just because it's the playoffs you know Thibs is he's the he's the ultimate one one game at a time guy uh the games are all like don't look don't look ahead you prepare the same way so I just I just can't see him making changes like that once they get to the postseason. I hope I'm wrong. Oh, God. I, I'm freaking I'm praying you're wrong. Are you kidding me? <laughs> unless, like, I don't know, unless Thibs starts seeing what everyone else seems to see, but I just, I don't see that happening. To be honest, it looked like, I don't know if it's just me, but it looked like Alfred is, he looks Faltered, like he looks flustered. He looks overwhelmed. He yeah. looks. He doesn't play his game anymore. When he was first here, he passes the ball a lot. Now he doesn't look to pass to the corner. He doesn't look to, you know, really pass out the pick and roll. Only to Julius Randle though. If it's Julius Randle on the outside, he's gonna pass the ball. But anybody else, no. Nah. It's a bunch nope. of times he'll do a reverse layup, get it blocked. RJ wide open in the corner looking for the ball. Yeah. Oh God, Alfred Payton. Um, <laughs> my God, Pat. Um, I appreciate you being on, bro. Uh, giving me an hour plus of your time on the State of the New York Knicks pod, man. I appreciate it once again, Nick Nation. I love this guy, man. I love those guys at the Knicks wall, man. I love their work. I listen to everybody's podcast, but those guys are some of my favorites. I appreciate the work that you do, bro. Tell the people where they could find you, last words, and tell the people your next projects that you got coming out. Anything, any, and, it, and it could be anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at PJC708 uh, and follow uh, Nick's Wall on Twitter and IG. Um, we've got some stuff coming up for the postseason. Um, we're going to have some, maybe some live streams and uh, – for, for the games and whatnot. Um, we're trying to maybe have a get together, but uh, that's, that's tough with what's going on. Um, but yeah, just, just stay tuned, follow on Twitter and Instagram and there'll be some announcements for giveaways and stuff going on with the postseason. And uh, thanks for having me on again. I'll come on anytime. You know, I'll always chop it up with you to talk next, especially when we're about to clinch the four seeds. So <laughs> Yo, we really about to go to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. I could talk. I could talk all night. You know that. <laughs> I feel like everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, where where was the love the past ten years? I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> but I right, man, um, it's your boy State of the State of the New York Knicks podcast. Got my guy Pat from the Knicks Wall. Appreciate you, man, for coming on the show once again. I'm out of here, Nick Nation. Episode 101. 
42. I'm out of here. Peace. Peace.